Guess who's back? No, stop. Back again. (laughs) We are back. Tell your friends. (laughs) Shut up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Movie Night Podcast. Guess what? It's movie night. It's movie night. Finally, we have been, I don't want to say busy, but kind of busy. Yeah. Um, I want to apologize for that fat hiatus. Yeah. It was unplanned. It was totally unplanned, but it was, we had the holiday, we had Thanksgiving, and then we Which had- is kind of tragic, because I was thinking about it, because like we- we missed, well, I don't know about Thanksgiving, but, like, we could have definitely recommended some good holiday movies. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, everyone's seen. We did Halloween, so, yeah. like, that was good. But, like, Christmas would have been good. And everyone's, like, I don't know. There's only so many Christmas movies. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I feel like I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, yeah, we've been a, we've been gone since, I guess, Thanksgiving was right before Yeah. We... It's been a minute. It's been a fat minute, y'all, and woohoo! Yeah. Stuff has... Happened. Stuff has not happened. Um, I just want to say really quick, uh, if the phrase um, all black cheetah jacket chain belt means anything to you and you're a listener, please hit me up because boy, do I have a story for you. <laughs> um, if you don't know what that means, hit us up anyway and maybe she'll tell you the story. True. Depends on who you are. Yeah. Actually, fuck it. I'll probably tell you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a loyal listener to this podcast, you can just like comment on our next Instagram post and Sarah will DM you the story. <laughs> I will DM you the video. It's eight minutes. Just wait. It's just, um, yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's just a, it's a tragic story of but something embarrassing that happened to Sarah. Yeah. Uh, very embarrassing. But anyway. Anyway. Moving on. Um, but yeah, we've watched a couple things here and there during yes. our hiatus. Yes, we um, have. What have you watched anything? Yes. So recently, recently, I just saw. I told you this. I saw Wonder Woman 1984. If you don't have HBO Max, don't watch it. Even if you do, still probably don't watch just it. Don't pay for it. Just whatever you do, do not pay for it. That movie is garbage. It's set in 1984. There's not a single 80s song in the movie. That and is, what? Kristen, you know the budget for that was out of hand, and they could have easily thrown it. They're pushing to get that. That movie nominated for an Oscar. Oh, you're shit. And I'm like, for what? What what did they do that was good enough for an Oscar? Like that sucks. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 was a total flop. Do not watch it. Do not recommend. Unless you know what? You're into that. If you're into DC comics, then don't talk to me. <laughs> um and then I watched um we just watched Bridgerton, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um uh, we both watched recently. We watched uh, the package on Netflix. Yes, which... I. This is. We. I could have saved this for the pod, but honestly, Sarah was looking for something to watch, and I was like, you know what? You have to watch the package. Yeah, it's so, so funny. Like, in, like laugh out loud, hilarious. In like the stupidest, but like best way. Yeah. If you if you're into like the dumb comedies, sometimes like if that gets you gets you to your, get hits you right in the funny bone. Uh, give totally it a watch. watch it. It's it's good. It's funny, and it's like it's kind of refresh. It's like a refreshing comedy. Yeah, to and me. It's, it's outlandish, which makes it even funnier. Almost. Yeah, that one is available. You guys can watch it on Netflix. It's yeah, good. It's to- funny. So good. It's um, a good one to like crack open a beer and just or like anything else. You yeah, know? if you had a bad day and like need a good laugh. Yeah, like like Kira just said, crack open a beer and watch that movie. It'll and like you with feel- your friends, it's it's just a good watch. Yeah. Um. We also, together, I watched School of Rock for the first time. Yes, Changed you did. my life. Literally changed my life. Yeah. Um, went home immediately. We watched it again. Classic. Um, uh, what else have we watched? I have, I watched recently Dave on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Which is like the Little Dicky show. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. I l- really, really enjoyed it. It's really funny and adorable like in the best way yeah and i liked it a lot more than i thought i would and it's really good highly recommend it's a very quick watch i think there's like eight episodes love that that's very interesting that it actually turned out better than you thought you know um and i I was expecting to like i was expecting it to be you know funny and whatever yeah but like you know i'm not it's not like i'm i'm not a little dicky fan or anything like that like i don't really listen to his music does anyone i don't know if he put i don't even know if he's like putting out music right now but it's really good and he's a funny dude and there are some um you know some big stars that like make cameos in the show which is cool and yeah. i just think it's it was really funny if you like 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 i said like broad city or if you like anything like that like it's kind of like that type of 
comedy where it's like good, stupid comedy, but then also a little heartfelt. Like it's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else have I watched? Kira showed me the show Russian Doll. I've watched it twice already. Yes. So good. Obsessed with that show. So good. I'm not one to rewatch. You know this. Yeah. Because you are a rewatcher and I'm not a huge rewatcher. But Russian Doll is a, that is a comfort show for me. That like, show is I good. I watch it all the time. I think it is. I think it is a creative masterpiece. Mm, mm. I think the dialogue is hilarious. Natasha and, Leon. And I've talked about it a million times. You know I fuck with time travel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's not even, it is, I mean, it's kind of time travel. It's just, you know. It's a time loop like, situation. Exactly. Kind of and I, I just fuck with that so hard. And I don't know. I love that show. Yeah. Um, we both, I, did I say this? Did we, we both just finished Bridgerton. Yes. That show on Netflix. I really liked it too. And again, that was another one that I was like, eh. although I do fuck, I fucking love a period piece. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah. 1813? Oh my God. I, I want to wear those outfits. Piece. I want to make my debut. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I haven't watched a ton of movies lately. I don't think. Um, mm. I bought a movie the other day that I was going to watch, but oh, then I, think- I did watch, um, at Goodwill. I'm a, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big Goodwill thrifter for those of you who don't know me IRL, but I, and if you like movies, um, I have like a, you know, decent sized DVD collection. Me too. And me too. I've gotten a lot of my DVDs from Goodwill. I just, yeah, we just went to Goodwill and Kira was like, Sarah, look what DVD they have. It was Zombieland and it was in the cellophane. So yes. I bought it. Yes. So and I, to the collection. I love, yeah. And it's like, it's the perfect place because I think like people buy, people don't buy movies they don't like. So exactly. So it's, like, it's always like decent movies. It's a lot of repeats because like, that makes sense to me, you know. That, like, but it's such a, that's such a good way to like think about it. It's like, yeah. a, it's not going to be a bad movie because people don't exactly. buy bad movies. And I feel it's, it's the same way with books too. Yes. Like, sometimes I'll buy, I'll buy books from Goodwill because it's like, oh, it's the fucking Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Like it's a big, you know, everyone yeah. bought that book when it came out because it was right. a New York Times bestseller or whatever. Yeah. So of course it's going to be in the Goodwill. But um, I bought, I, when, the Netflix docu-series Don't Fuck With Cats came out. Oh, yes! When that came out, and, you know, I don't know if you... That's a great watch if you guys are into, like, true crime or, Kira like... Kira watch it. I think we watched yes, it in one we sitting. did watch it together. It's really, really great series. It came out, like... I think it came out, like, last year. But mm-hmm. it's super good. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. But um, that whole, like... The that whole story is kind of like a weird copycat situation regarding the film Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, right after I watched Don't Fuck With Cats, I remember trying to like look on the streaming channels and see if I could find a place to watch Basic Instinct. And I don't think there was anywhere to watch it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, eh, whatever. And then I saw it at Goodwill for like a buck 99. Yeah. And I was like, literally, why not? Bought the DVD, watched that. And it was good. It was definitely like cheesy, corny 80s yeah. trash, but in the greatest way. Right. Like, and it was good. And it was like, pff, it was steamy and uh, it was good. It was, it was good. I liked it. That's awesome. Um, we we love a good well find, especially a good well sure. DVD. For sure. So, but that's all I can think of off the top of my dome. Same. Um, we talk a lot still, even though we haven't been recording a lot. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's really all. That I've watched that I can recall. Me too. Um, I'm in the middle. I just rewatched. I'm starting to rewatch Skins, which Kira's trying to get me to watch. I'm trying too. to get Sarah to watch it. I told her that it's kind of like a rite of passage, especially if you were like a teenage girl on Tumblr in like 2012, which was us, right? So, um, it's really good, and it's it's also I was telling also telling Sarah that it has a lot of like big name British actors and actresses that were young and, like, kind of before they got their big break, kind of were on stage, yeah. which is cool. Like, yeah. Dev Patel and um, Daniel Kaluuya and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Holt Nicholas it. Holt and, you know, others. But, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Um, that's about it. Anything else you want to say before we get started? Anything else to recap? Not really. I hope all of our beautiful... You know, loyal listeners, beautiful, loyal 15 listeners, um, had a wonderful holiday and we hope you're having a great 2021, even though it's yeah. kind of already been a shit show. Oh but... yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking oh. of that, sorry. One more, one more on New Year's Eve. I saw Promising Young Woman. Oh yes. Yes. I saw Promising Young Woman in the theaters and I was trying to go see if you guys wanted to, you know, Sarah and, um, one of our other friends wanted to go see it tonight because we have $5 movie night at our local theater. Yeah. Which, like, is support the- your local theaters, guys. Support your local theaters. Support your local theaters. <laughs> yeah. If the movie theaters die, I'll literally 
Un- yeah, I'll die. If I'll you bury me at the movie theater. Yeah, I'll, literally. I will, spread my ashes over some popcorn. Yeah, I'll unalive myself if the theaters die. K-word. But, um... The Promising Young Woman is really, really good, and I really liked it. So we're going to see it again next and week. And it was, I remember when that trailer came out, literally, like, it feel what it feels like two years ago. Yeah. But I, that could be wrong, but, like, I remember when that trailer came out being like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, rubbing my hands together, like, this is gonna be so good. Literally can't wait. Like, a, you know, a, a tough topic to tackle. Right. Being, like, the topic of sexual assault and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, wow. So good. Um, very enjoyable. Highly recommend. And I'm trying to go see it again in theaters, so. Excited to hopefully see it with you next week and yes. our other friends. Yes. Hopefully. Okay. Do you want to get into it? Yes. You go first. All right. Um, I don't know if, um. Any of you remember. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, but last episode Mm -hmm. um sarah recommended to me finding dory heck yeah i did yes you did and you know hey it was it was it was eh, we'll get into it okay but basically finding dory came out in 2016 which is blowing my actual mind i saw that movie in the theaters yeah in 2016 we literally graduated high school in 2016 that is blowing my mind yeah i saw it that summer the summer um i really feel like that came out like last year Mm -hmm. or like two years ago yeah um so that's wild um uh it's rated pg obviously and it's uh, an hour and 37 minutes long which is you're welcome i think that's decent however i do i do think that the film was kind of repetitive and a little bit longer than it needed to be i felt like personally yeah i feel like it it felt like two hours it did it did um but you know it could have been way worse so it's fine (laughs) um but yeah so basically um finding dory takes place a year after finding nemo Mm -hmm. ended i suppose Although there is a 13-year gap between the two movies, which is wild. Yikes. And let me just preface this by saying that Finding Nemo was one of my favorite childhood movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was a this was a tall order yeah. for Finding Dory to, like, really blow my pants off. Like That's part of the reason why I gave it to you, because yeah. I know how much you like That's Finding like Nemo. That's, like, a very, very tall order, because, like, Finding Nemo is a very big movie from my childhood, because I watched it all the time as a kid. I think we had the DVD. I used to watch it on, like, do you remember those, like, tiny little portable DVD yep, players? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I used to literally watch it on this portable DVD player, I remember, in my room. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Tall order for this to be good for me, as well as the fact that I typically, 99% of the time, dislike sequels. And, and children's I, movies. And children's movies. So, this was a Vente order. Vente? Venti? Trenta. This is a Trenta order for me um to like this movie but you know it, it was okay i enjoyed it to for the most part um but basically let me get back into the plot um picks up a year after finding nemo and we see that nemo and marlin is that mm-hmm. the dad yeah marlin and nemo and dory are like living together in the sea anemone anemone uh and you know life is good whatever whatever they're like a little family it's adorable Things are good. Things are great. And then some, at some point, Dory's like, oh, my family. I have a family. So basically throughout the movie, she starts like recovering these memories. Okay. Like she's having flashbacks of these memories of her childhood. Uh And she remembers that she has a family and she's like, what the, like, we need to, I need to find my parents. Yeah. I need to find my parents, blah, blah, blah. And so... She convinces Marlin and Nemo to go off on this adventure with her to help try to find her parents. Right. And that's the whole adventure aspect of the movie. And we see a ton, like a shit ton of cameos of like characters from Finding Nemo. Right. You see Ray, like the big Manta Ray teacher guy. You see Squirt and that other guy. Uh The sea turtles that help them. Crush. 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 <laughs> the sea turtles that help them, like, navigate the currents. And right. And then, you know, uh, I don't know, that's all I can think of right now. But, um, yeah, so it's a very, like, blast from the past. Like, we picked up right where we left off. We're, we're still in the, that exact same universe. Which I love. Yeah, and I think cool. it's important. I agree. It's very accurate um, to the first movie, which is good. Um, but, yeah, they go off on this adventure to try to find Dory's parents and then I think another recovered memory she has is like the location of her parents and so they're traveling you know across the ocean to go to this place and blah 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 and you know along the way they run into different 
obstacles like a giant squid and all this stuff mm-hmm. and um basically uh th- th- during this adventure and during as we keep getting recovered memories from Dory we find out that like she her parents or she is from and she was born at a like a medical research or not a medical research but like an aquatic research facility facility that is also it's like a rehabilitation center and also like um a like a interactive almost like aquarium style thing where like you know uh people can come and like take their families and kids and go learn about um right the ocean and the wildlife and whatnot and then it's also like but they also care for the animals and then eventually will release them if they get healthy and all that good stuff yeah um which is interesting and i will you know take this time to tell you a fun fact was that the setting was originally like an aquarium or like not an aquarium but like a like a sea world type thing <gasps> and they changed it to the facilities to like the research rehabilitation yeah. facility after that movie blackfish came out which is if you don't know it's the movie about you know the tr- horrific atrocious atroc- atro- <laughs> atrocity atrocity yeah the basically the the horrible shit that goes on in sea world that is some serious <laughs> yeah. tea so they they changed the setting as they should as they should after, go, Disney. after the release of blackfish because i think people would have been pissed I would have been yeah, pissed. I also would have been pissed. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um they get to the facility, they have to, you know, find out their they have to figure out these wacky ways to get inside the facility, and then at some point Dory gets separated from Marlin and Nemo, and then they're basically just trying to find each other, while at the same time Dory's still trying to find her parents. So it's like this terrible super annoying like they keep missing each other type of bullshit which not gonna lie that part kind of sucked and that was like kind of the repetitive part that i was talking about right where like they keep losing each other they keep just missing each other and you're like fuck i hate that shit anyway yeah and you're like can this shit just work out um so that part kind of blows but like whatever i guess they have to make the movie a certain amount of time for it to be considered there has to be a plot yeah i guess (laughs) um and yeah and like i think uh i guess like a the cool part or a cool part is um you know the different types of animals and characters that we meet along the way there's a an octopus guy named hank i think is his name i thought it was frank no i think it's hank oh (laughs) um and hank like is kind of like a curmudgeon old octopus that um helps story you know find her parents and blah 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 and they become friends and he's really cool and whatever i like how you use the word curmudgeon instead of like crotchety (laughs) Crotchety. Yeah, it's the same shit. Um, it's the same word, you know, or the same... I know, I just like that you put that, like, sophisticated flair on crotchety. it. I don't know, that's what we used to call, like, my my grandpa and, like, my old uncles. Because they were crotchety? Because <laughs> they were crotchety, thanks for asking. Um, but yeah, same shit, different day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Hank the octopus, and then they meet, like, the two seals, or, I'm sorry, sea lions, I think. And isn't there, like, a cute little beluga whale? Yes, okay, beluga whale, my favorite character in the movie. His name is Bailey, I think, and he is voiced by... The dad for Modern Family. <gasps> yeah. And he's no just like, I love his character. So basically all these characters, first of all, they're at this rehabilitation center. So it makes sense that all of these animals have like a small like disability, which is cool. Right. Um, you know, that they're kind of, I don't know, maybe they're kind of like sending a message like, hey, like it's fine if you have like a, you know, yeah. people are people. People have different ailments and whatnot. But yeah, like Bailey has like a head injury, and so like he can't use his echolocation. Uh-huh. And then like finally he learns how to do it, and that he, he uses his echolocation to like help Dory out. And then like there's uh, Destiny, the whale shark, who's like nearsighted and like oh he's, yeah, like constantly bumping into walls. And she's Hank, a whale shark. And Hank, the octopus, has only seven legs oh. as opposed to eight, and he. S- talks about it in the movie and he says that something he like alludes to the fact that like some little kid like <gasps> fucked up one of his tentacles just like briefly alludes to it but another fun fact of trivia was that he only has seven legs because the animators could only fit seven legs oh. and so they wrote that backstory in um and gave him a, to go with the fact yeah. that they couldn't fit in the legs tea um but yeah and then uh which is so that's just like cute like all the animals have like little issues which is right. just adorable um 
But yeah, Dory ends up getting to the place where her parents, where she was born and she used to live and her parents used to live. She gets there. She's like remembering all this shit. She's like, oh my God, this is like my home. And then as soon as she gets there, she finds out her parents are no longer there, which is again, part of that, like, we just keep missing each other. And it's just so annoying. Yeah. Um, And she finds out that like, they were taken to like quarantine, which is just tea and of course we watched this during covid times i watched it during covid yeah. times so like i was like quarantine quarantine um yeah so her parents went to quarantine and then eventually i guess they were re- rehabilitated and so they were released back into the ocean oh so it's like, i forgot about we, that so it's like we just spent an hour of this movie trying to get into the research facility just for her parents to not be in the research facility so it's like all that annoying shit uh but yeah dory ends up uh you know finding her way back into the ocean And then she eventually finds her parents, which is, like, like, they allude a little bit that, like, her parents might be dead. And I was Uh like, that is fucking dark for this Pixar fucking... Pixar movies are dark! For this Pixar sequel. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, Dory's parents are dead? I was literally losing it. I was losing it. But then somehow she finds her parents, and her parents had, like, waited, like however old Dory is. I don't know how old her fish. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess she's like an adult fish. So like maybe like 25 years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think she was like five. I think she was five when when like she got lost. That's so funny. She was five when she got lost. So I think she's 25. She might be 30. I don't know how old is Ellen DeGeneres. I literally don't know. Ellen DeGeneres is in her 50s. I guess she's not as, I guess she's obviously, obviously Nemo's a kid and she's, they show her in the movie as she's having these flashbacks. Like you see her as a kid, like a, you see Dory as like a baby, like five. And then you see her as like teenage Dory and you're like, okay. So is she like, is she 25? Is she 30? Is she like, she obviously doesn't have any kids. So like, maybe she's like 30 flirty and thriving. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's like a cool 27. I literally don't know. G27. Either way, all that means is that her parents have been waiting for, like, 25 plus years in, like, this, like, in, like, this desolate space because they were waiting for their, their, their kid with memory loss to, like, be able to find her, find them, and she eventually does, and not gonna lie, I did get a little misty-eyed, mm-hmm. which is annoying because it's a children's movie. It still hits you in the heart, though. And a sequel, which disgusts me. No, it's fine. But, um, yeah. So that part was good and tender and lovely. And thank God her parents weren't freaking dead. Um, because Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then they, oh my God. Then they do all this other shit where like, um, I think like her, she figures out that like Hank is on a bus to go to like, I don't know, Hank was trying to get to Cleveland or something like that. He was trying to go to Cleveland, but the bus is, like, on route to, like, somewhere else. And she's like, shit, we gotta save Hank. Mind you, he's an octopus. Or, or, no, wait. So she gets, oh, fuck, I forget. Somehow, maybe Dory's on the bus. I don't know. I'm not doing a terrible job. Uh, Dory's, like, trapped on the bus. Her parents, her parents, like, somehow meet up with Marlon and Nemo and also Bailey the Beluga and Destiny the Whale Shark, and they're all just, like, hanging out in the harbor. <laughs> and they, they like, Bailey, with his echolocation, can, like, feel that Dory's on this truck with Hank that's on its way to not Cleveland or something like that. <laughs> and basically they have to figure out a way to stop the truck, turn the truck around, and, like, get all the fish that are in their tanks back into the ocean. I have a headache. I know. It's literally... This last part is literally some bullshit because basically Hank ends up driving a truck. And he's an octopus. He's an octopus and he ends up driving a truck on the freeway and they turn the truck around and basically they just drive the truck right off this cliff. And then this is like the best part of the movie. It's just this slow motion scene of this truck like careening off this cliff and what a wonderful world is playing, like, in its slow motion, and this <gasps> truck is coming down. And I was like, yes! Yeah! I was like, yes! And so, the, yeah, and then everyone's reunited because the truck crashes into the ocean. Yeah. And literally that's all, I think. It better be all. Yeah, and then I think you'd, we just see, like, a good, like, 
wrap-up sequence of, like, they all move back to the anemone. Anemone. And, and, like, live their lives over there. And, like, they're back in, like, where they came from. <laughs> Love that. Sorry if that was a tragic retelling of that movie. It was just long. It was a bit... It was, it was a bit long. It was kind of a tragic movie. A little bit. I mean, it's a sequel. Yeah. So, um, luckily I don't have very much, like, trivia or anything like that. Or, like, much to say about it at all. <laughs> We'll talk your shit. If I'm being honest. I guess I just have some, like, cool fun facts real quick. Um, basically, there, I think something that's sweet is, like, there's a credit at the end of the film that says this film is dedicated to all of our families of every kind. Oh. You keep us swimming. And I thought that was really sweet. That is. Um... Then, um, there's, like, the iconic Pizza Planet truck that is always, like, makes a cameo in all of the Pixar movies, I think. Um, and it appears in a wrecked, sunken state in the area where Dory, Marlin, and Nemo encounter the giant squid. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, and then I already told you about how the film's setting was changed from an aquatic park to a marine biology institute after... The controversial documentary Blackfish. As it should. I know. Crazy. That's some serious tea, though. Um, also, so something li- like a little fun and maybe like a little like, huh, like nudge to all the parents who are watching is like the voice of the intercom at the Marine Life Institute is um, Sigourney Weaver. <gasps> Hot! And she's like, hi, I'm, I'm Sigourney Weaver. And like here at the research facility, we rehabilitate and really and she just like plays over and over again like it's this oh, recording I love Sigourney which Weaver. I just thought was cool and basically this is her second Pixar role where she has played the voice of something obviously I guess Pixar movies are animated and everyone's playing a voice what was the other voice so she played um she voiced a com- the computer on like the ship in Wally. Oh, I never saw Wally. Oh my god, you've never seen Wally? No. That's like I have it on DVD. That's arguably one of the better Pixar films. I can't believe you've never seen Wally. Nope, never seen it. What the fuck? Sorry. Anyway, um we'll, That's why we have a podcast. We'll handle that situation later. <laughs> um There's also a photo of Darla from Finding Nemo. Scary. That can be seen in the background um of fuck the, Darla of the quarantine facility. She's crazy. Um, she be shaking that bag. Yeah, with her with the braces. braces. Uh there are apparently a lot of cameos from, like, small-time characters from other Pixar films. Like, there's lots of children that um, from Toy Story 3 and lots of kids from Inside Out. And um, basically, they just play, like, uh, guests at the do you, Institute. Uh, do you... This is might be a dumb question, but, like, do you think that's done? Because they already have that character made, so it kind of saves probably, money. Probably. And Could you like, imagine have to, having to draw, like, a million new faces every movie uh, that i mean that's the only thing that would make sense plus i mean it does kind of make sense that like it is it's like the pixar universe and like all yeah. these kids exist in the same universe kind yeah. of thing maybe i don't know um there's also a truck the truck that th- that the octopus drives um <laughs> has a bumper sticker on the back that says share the road don't be shellfish oh me me <laughs> <laughs> um also this is the second pixar film with no real antagonist Okay. Like, it doesn't have, like, a true, like, there's no true, like, villain. villain. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do, they do, like, fight the giant squid or whatever, but, like... Ugh. The squid is just, like, it's He's probably casted like, as the squid. Yeah, like, the squid's just trying to, like, plus it's just trying to, like, eat. It's not, it's yeah. minding its own business, actually. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, on, the very first film to not have an antagonist was actually Inside Out in 2015. Oh. And then, and then we have, um... Finding Dory is the second film. Do you know what I think about every time someone mentions Inside Out? Two things, real quick. One, I didn't really like the movie. Two, Me neither. do you remember being in high school and doing the announcements and you having to read that like four paragraph announcement about the Inside Out viewing party? No. You don't remember that? No. Kira, you used to sit there literally every week and read this like four paragraph long announcement. Me, I had to read yes, it. Yes, it was oh always you. Oh my God. And it was like, dress as your favorite, you know, feelings character. And we were all just like, I have zero memory of that. Oh my God, it's so triggering to me. That's hilarious because I don't remember that at all. Oh, I remember that so vividly. Sorry. Um, I think that's all I have in terms of fun facts. Um,. I can tell you that, I mean, obviously the film was directed by a man named Andrew Stanton, who has also directed a lot of other, he directed Finding Nemo, he, I think, was either a writer or a director on WALL-E, and, like, 
some of the toy I think he wrote for some of the Toy Story movies and so on. Nice. Um some of the big members of the cast, obviously we have Ellen DeGeneres playing Dory. A lot of the obviously a lot of these are recurring um recurring people. Um I'm gonna skip a lot of like the regular ones. But like I said, Ty Burrell, who plays the dad on Modern Family, voices Bailey, which is my favorite character. Right. Um, we have Eugene Levy voicing Charlie, who's Dory's dad. Oh, cute. And Diane Keaton is Jenny, Dory's Aww. mom. Um, I just Elba voices Fluke, one of the sea lions, which I thought was cool. That is cool. he's like such a cool guy. He's just out here voicing sea lions. But anyway. Um, Kate McKinnon and Bill Hader have like a small little cameo. They play like a couple, a fish couple that run into Dory while she's like five years old and like ju- had just lost her parents. Uh-huh. And they try to help her find her. Bill Hader. Or they try to like figure out what they're, what, like how they can help her real quick. Yeah. And then she just ends up disappearing and like they just have a tiny cameo, but I just, I'm obsessed with Bill Hader. Who isn't? And Kate McKinnon is a literal genius. So love that. Um... I don't know if you know him, this guy, but his name is Alexander Gould, and he he was a he was a pretty main character on the show um, Weeds, which is oh a, no, I have it's not a really good it. show. But um, he plays the voice of the original Nemo, but because he's like a grown man now, um, mm. he just came back as um, like a pat his he's credited as someone named Passenger Carl, which means nothing to me. And so I, did they have to find somebody new to voice Nemo? Yes. Crazy. So they found a new guy to voice Nemo and a new guy to voice Squirt. Interesting. Which I hate saying the word Squirt. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just hate that word. Uh, but yeah, they brought them back. They brought both of They brought the original Squirt back and uh, the original Nemo back to voice like other characters. Okay. And then they recasted for Nemo and Squirt. Um... Also, Willem Dafoe voices Gil. Gil. Um, Allison Janney voices someone named Peach. None of these mean anything to me. I don't remember any of these characters when yeah, I watched what? this movie like two days ago. Um, but that's just interesting. Um, that's about all I have there. Um, I think that's about it. Um, the movie was nominated um, for a BAFTA award for Best Animated Feature Film. I don't think it won, but it was nominated. Um... And we can go to Letterbox real quick and see what they have to say um, about this. I have one review. I mean, the reviews were just, like, really basic. People, you know, they either liked it yeah. or they hated it. There wasn't anything, like... In between. Anything really, like, to say about anything. But um, but basically, it's, it's what I said, and it's exactly how I felt about that scene. But it said, when they crashed that truck into the sea... And Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong starts playing. That's art. Yep. <laughs> and that was uh, just a review by someone named Mario on, on Letterboxd. Um, but yeah. Nice. That's about all I have for that. In terms of my rating, like I said, it was good. I do think it was really repetitive. Which, I mean, I think most kids' movies are yeah. just really repetitive. And um, do I think this movie was necessary? No. Not at all. Yeah, most of it. Toy Story 4 wasn't even... Toy Story 3 was barely necessary. Um, Do I think that they needed to make this money? No. But do... I did say money or movie. They didn't need to make this movie, but that actually brings me to an interesting point because I want to make a point to say that the budget for this movie was estimated at $200 million. (gasps) And... For what? Listen, listen. The worldwide gross... For this movie is over one billion dollars <gasps> which to me sounds crazy maybe i don't know we haven't been you know what it is we it's, haven't been doing this podcast long enough for me to know if that's normal or not but that just seems out of hand but you know me. what it is it's people like us being like fuck them kids this movie's for us yeah and, and then it's of a course, lot of older it's yeah. an older demographic going to see it because we watched finding nemo and like fuck, yeah. i saw this shit in theaters yeah. like yeah. You know, it's that whole kind of demographic thing. That's what I think personally. I'm sure. And like same thing with like Incredibles too. Like everybody was like, "Fuck your kids! This movie is for us." Like, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of where maybe um, that, that estimate stems so from. They didn't. Did they need to make this movie? No. Did they want to make more money? Yes. yes. And that they did. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever. Um, in terms of rating this movie, I think I would maybe give this like a. Th- two and a half, three stars. And it wasn't bad. Yeah. It's just like, eh. It's I not mean, your like, cup of tea. Yeah. I always give you shit that's not your cup of tea. Right. Which is, um, you know, kids movies aren't always my favorite. Sequels are usually not my favorite. Yeah. Um, again, like, 
Nemo is one of my favorite movies as a kid, so this was a really tall order. So like you're are you're you're swimming upstream. Um, right. No pun intended with the swimming. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a two and a half, three stars. You know what? I'll take it. And like, it was good. And it was like, I watched it and I was watching it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like For I was sure. in it. I was in it. I was there. Um, would I watch it again? Absolutely not. No, never. Um, would I recommend it to someone else? Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that's I all mean, I have to say about that. That's normally how your reviews go. So I'll, I'll and take that. cheers. Cheers to that bitch. Cheers to that. So, so, that was a great review. Thank you. I was so happy to sit here and listen to you talk for a hot minute, even if you didn't like your movie. <laughs> I didn't not like it. No, I know. Okay. No, I know. <laughs> um, anyways, so, if you guys don't remember, last episode, Kira recommended to me to watch Castaway, which is kind of interesting because Tom Hanks is also the voice of Woody. True. And Ellen DeGeneres plays the voice of Dory. And I remember Tom Hanks, whenever Tom Hanks goes on Ellen, sometimes they'll like tell the audience to close their eyes and they'll talk in their character voices. Oh my God. And it's literally, it's a conversation between Dory and Woody. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I never thought of that. So I just wanted to throw that in there because we both have like, you know, two, two Disney stars essentially. Facts. Um, something interesting about this movie, this was one of the, I was just telling Sarah that I hadn't, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. Um, but this was one of the first movies I watched when I was starting to get into, like, movies for real, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I figured it was, like, a movie that I kind of needed to see. For sure. Also, something interesting. <laughs> um, back in the day, when I had a Nintendo DS, I used to play this game called Sims Castaway. <gasps> Fun. And it was, like, a Sims game where your little Sim, like crash lands onto a deserted island and you like you sim on a deserted island and you like build shit and try to live your life and like packages would like wash up on shore and like that was a way that you could like get shit to like help you survive and like build shit was like getting these washed up like mail packages fun and that was i think like part of the way where i was like oh like oh i know that there's this movie castaway and like i played this game when yeah. i was a little like younger and like i don't know i just was thinking about that when we were think- talking about this, and I was like, T, that's probably... That's, that's very probably interesting. the reason why I watched this movie was because of Sims Castaway, which was, like, a little shitty DS game. Where but, the, like, shout out. Where the graphics were literally tragic, because it was probably 2009. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and this was, like, one of the first, like, legit movies that I watched where I was like, oh... It was kind of like... Honestly, it was, like, probably a little, a little twinkle in my eye about this podcast because I was like, you know, I've heard so much about this movie. Yeah. Like I know that this movie is like a thing and I know people talk about it sometimes and like I want to watch it so that I can understand what people are talking about when they talk right. about this movie. And so I, yeah. that's why I watched it and that's kind of what we're doing here. Wow. What a full circle moment. So yeah, I just thought I'd preface with that. No. Awesome. I literally love to hear that. And like you said, like that's part of, you know, we've been talking about this week, like the whole reason why we have this podcast is for us to, like, make movies that kind of, like, not necessarily make us uncomfortable, but that, like, maybe we wouldn't necessarily watch and yeah. talk about it. And Yeah, and also, <laughs> also leading up to this episode recording, we were talking about how both of us maybe felt a little bit hesitant to watch our movies for this episode that we have been yeah. tasked with watching, but um, I enjoyed mine, you know, yeah. and I... I was, you know, glad to hear, just briefly, that Sarah enjoyed her movie. Yes. Um, because I know that, like, you know, maybe it's kind of, yeah, you, I don't know, you can get into it, but, like, yeah. I, I thought maybe, I felt that you maybe were a little bit hesitant to watch it. Or, like, yeah. not as excited, maybe. I'm just, I'm, it's so weird. No, I get it. Because <laughs> I feel the same way about the movies that you recommend to me sometimes. But for some reason, like, I love movies, I love film, I like to think I know a decent amount about film, and, like, honestly, I could, if somebody was like, can you explain eight million movies to me I could sit there and do it but when it comes to the classics yes I I have to be forced to watch it I get it I totally get it and so like eat like with the shining like that's a fucking classic and like yeah so good and like now I and like I understand the references even more now and like and I think that there is like a weird um 
kind of like stigma about like older movies where you're yeah. like, um, just not gonna enjoy this as much as I think I will. But it's it's nice when you're like, but, oh, you know what? I really did enjoy that, and I fucking get it. Like I get why this is a classic, and, and like, like there's a reason. Yes, and there's a reason why it's so acclaimed, and yes. I'm here for it. Exactly, and so. it makes it just makes me or you or the watcher feel like better about. Yes, it. you I'm, feel like more cultured, and anyway, just exactly. Get into no, it. for sure, for sure. So. Like I said, I watched Castaway. Um, this movie came out in 2000 and was directed by someone named Robert Zemeckis. Or Zemeckis. I can't pronounce that. Um, it stars Tom Hanks, you know, one of my favorite actors, kind of like the father of Hollywood in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what IMDb said is the plot is that a FedEx executive undergoes a physical and emotional transformation after crash landing on a deserted island. So what happens is you are introduced to Chuck Noland, who is this guy who works for FedEx. He's up in the executive, like, department. Like, he's, you know, he knows what he's doing. And, like, you know, when you first meet him, you see how well he functions, like, in time. And, like, how timing things out is so important to him. And, like, it's kind of a part of his personality. Mm-hmm. And so with his job, like, he flies back and forth between so many countries all the time because he's an executive at a, you know, a shipping company. Right. So, um... You learn that, like, you know, he's, you know, super, like, type A and, like, all this stuff. And he comes, he's, like, on a trip and he comes home and, like, like, sorry. He comes home and as, like, you start to meet him and, like, see his life and, like, kind of what is all about him, you kind of pick up on things that you realize, like, obviously you know that, like, the plane's going to crash. Like, obviously that's not a, that's not a secret. But you see things that happen to him that, like, that he's going to have to deal with while he's alone on a deserted island. Right. Like, for example, like, he mentions, like, having a tooth pain. Oh, shit. And, like, yeah. he's like, oh, I gotta go to the dentist, like, whatever. And then, like, his plane crashes. And, right. like, he has to deal with that. So, anyway. So, you kind of meet him. You learn about him. You learn about his, like, his girlfriend and, like, his job. And, like, his job is very demanding. And, like, they have a situation where something changed. And the two of them, like, sit down and, like figure out how it's going to work. And she's like, whatever you do, just be back on New Year's Eve. Like you can miss Christmas or whatever, but just be back on New Year's Eve. Like that's their plan. Mm -hmm. So she takes him to the airport and they're based in Memphis, which is actually really interesting because FedEx does have a huge shipment facility in Memphis. I went to Ole Miss and like, I went to the Memphis airport a lot and you see all these FedEx planes everywhere. Cool. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Because like, that's true. So he's got to like go on like an emergency trip for whatever. And they have to go to, maybe Japan or something. I can't remember exactly where they have to go to, but mm-hmm. they have to go essentially across the Pacific. Right. So they get on this airplane and, you know, things are fine. They hit a little bit of turbulence and then there's like a big weather storm and then the plane starts to go down. Right. And I was not expecting such a like intense, yes. raw, like a jarring, a jarring, like real ass plane crashing scene. Yes very emotional, very, like, difficult to watch, mm-hmm. like, really real. And so it's, like, five people on the plane. It's Tom, it's Chuck Noland, and then, like, the two pilots and then two other workers. Mm-hmm. So the plane crashes into the water, and, like, obviously the plane starts to fill up with water, and, like, Tom Hanks is trying to get out, and, like, you know, he's also, like, before the plane went down, he's trying to save, like, you know, his pocket watch and this and that, and, like, trying to, you know, get his life jacket and do all this stuff, and, like, it's just very intense. So the plane crashes into the water. Tom Hanks manages, or Chuck Nolan, manages to survive. Gets out of the, like the cargo of the plane, like gets uh-huh. out of the ship, out of the like into the water, and like legitimately floats to shore. Right. Like it's a huge. There's a huge storm, so he gets in this raft. He's being sloshed around, and by the grace of God, he ends up on land. Mm-hmm. So he ends up on land, and you know he's got all at this point. All he has is like a life raft and the clothes on his back. And, yeah. like, he's missing a shoe, and, like, he's got to, like, make do with what he's what he's got. So, the time on the island is, like, about, like, at this point is about, he spends, like, four weeks, I think, on the island at uh-huh. this point, And he's, you know, learning to survive, and, like, you know, one of his crewmates, like, dead bodies, like, he finds them, and, like, he buries him, and then he's got to, like, he finds coconuts, but then he can't get the coconuts open. And then he, like, finds this, but he can't, like, get the fire to start. And so it's obviously just, like, the trials and tribulations of being deserted on a on an island. Yes. Which is honestly one of my biggest fears. Yes. Like when people are like, oh, if you could take three things to a deserted island, what would you bring? I'd be like, a pilot, a plane that works, and fuel. Yeah. Like, get the fuck off of it. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't play that game. I don't like it. It stresses See, me out. I think, like time travel, <laughs> it's something that really interests me. Just in the fact that, like, 
Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Naked and Afraid, but, like, Fuck no. see, but, like, I'm kind of, like, I think it's more, like, a, like, a deep respect and, like, uh, that I have for people who can do it. See, like, I just, no, I can't. See, if we, if we were in a group of people and they were like, okay, guys, we have no more food, we have to kill somebody to eat them, like, please kill me first. <laughs> like, I just am not one of those people who thinks I can fight for my survival. Oh, I don't either, but I think that people who can blow my mind and i think that's why i'm into it that's a that's a whole mentality that you have to have that i just don't where like those survival skills i think like god like i think you know maybe i should at least learn how to start a fire you know what i mean like where i'm like shit i need to maybe brush i need to get some skills yeah so he's alone on this island and like he's you know making do with the resources that he has he's eating a lot of coconuts he's trying to catch fish and like do all this stuff, make fire. His beard's getting long. His beard's getting long. He's going to be really tan. Like, he's, you know, he takes his clothes off and uses them, like, sparingly. Like, you know, he's walking around in, like, a shirtless, whatever. So, you see him on this island for, like, a long time and, like, the trials and tribulations and, like, what he's doing to survive. Like, he sits there and he talks to, like, his pocket watch that has a picture of his girlfriend in it. And, uh-huh. like, you know, all that stuff tries to get people to find him. And, like, another big problem that he has is the waves that crash on the island are, like, huge Pacific, like, waves. Yeah. So it's hard to get past the waves, and therefore it's hard for people to find him and also to get out there. Yes. So. And then um, you see, like, all of a sudden... So back to the tooth thing. So all these packages start washing up on shore, and he gets, like, you know, a pair of ice skates and, and like, you know, just some random shit, like a bunch of cassette tapes, like all this random stuff that he uses to survive. And the scene that happens right before the movie transitions is that you see Tom Hanks having to knock his bad tooth out yep. Yep. with an ice skate. Yep. Which, ow. Like, I can't even imagine. But, like, at that point, you just gotta knock it out. Like, Yeah, it is, like, a really raw... It's very raw and very emotional and, like, very painful to watch. Because yeah. I just don't ever think that's something that I, that I could ever do. Right. Um, but then the movie transitions and it goes from four weeks to four years, which when that happened, I gasped so hard. Like, oh my God. I, uh, I can't imagine four years. Yeah. Alone. 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 Yeah. Oh, oh, and also before I get into that, one of the things that he finds in one of the packages is Wilson the volleyball. Yes. Which he, you know, that becomes his friend and like four years pass and like Wilson's like frayed a bunch. And so instead of just being like this slick volleyball, he's got like this whole like, he's got hair and yes. like a face and, then, yeah, and like uh, Tom Hanks draws a little face on it yeah. so he can like talk to Wilson. Yeah, which honestly, I'll get into that later. But um, so four years go by and obviously like Tom Hanks has turned into a native Islander. He's got just a sarong on and like his hair's big and his yeah. beard's long and he's so tan and so thin and like full blown mountain man. Full blown like Islander and like before he couldn't like kill a fish. Now he like does it like so fast and he eats crab and like fucking is amazing. He's fucking man of the wild. So this this piece of this giant piece of plastic washes up on shore. And to me what it looked like was like a half of a porta potty. Interesting. I don't know what it was exactly, but it looked like a porta potty that like two of the two of the walls were cut out, but uh-huh. it was in the shape of like an L. Okay. So it washes up on shore. And Tom Hanks sees it and he pulls it out of the water and he's like talking to Wilson and he's like, yo, this might fucking work. And I was like, oh, shelter, sure, whatever, a tent. Yeah. Little do you know. So Tom Hanks comes up with this whole ass plan to build this whole ass fucking raft and to get out past the waves mm-hmm. and float as far as he can until someone can find him. Yeah. So what he does is he builds this huge raft. He, like, counts all the calculations in his head and out loud and, like, says them to Wilson. Which I think talking to Wilson keeps him sane. Oh, absolutely. Like, it may, like I just didn't think that was so crazy and outlandish because I think I would do the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes I have, like, an emotional breakdown and, like, sit in my room and talk to myself. I talk like, to myself all the time. Big, I talk to myself in the car all the time. But like con- all the time. But like sitting there being like okay, like a conversation oh, yeah. with yourself. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for me, the big it happens in the car all the time, and then also at work with my mask on. Oh yeah. And then me, people can't see me talking to myself. I mean, I mumble to myself all the time, but like a full blown conversation. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we talk to ourselves, but I think that really does keep him sane, oh, and yeah. so. He, they f- he, like, tells Wilson his plan and, like, how it's going to work and, like, how they're going to build it and, like, all this math stuff, which is helping, you know, stimulate his brain, which is good. And he builds 
this fucking bomb ass raft that's got like, you know, he's like, we need a launch pad. We need, we need to make rope. We need to chop, you know, chop all these trees down to make the raft part, all this shit. It's crazy. So he builds this raft, launches it into the water, gets on the raft and he's trying to get over the waves and this motherfucker takes that porta potty. He fucking flings it back and makes a sail and fucking rides those waves out into the shore. Like, oh my God, it was incredible. Um... So, yeah, so he figures a way to get off the island with Wilson successfully, and he's, like, floating around, and, like, you know, things kind of start to go bad, his raft starts sinking, I think he loses Wilson. He does, and that's the iconic, Wilson! Wilson! Which is literally, I'm pretty sure I cried when I watched that. Oh, yeah. Because it was very fucking sad. It's very fucking sad. Um... But yeah, so his raft is starting to like, you know, sink and he's like, I'm done for whatever. And he's just laying there on his raft one afternoon and this fucking huge ass boat drives Funny. right past yes. him and the sirens go off and you're like, holy shit, they found him. I love that shit. And the next thing you know, they're putting him on a jet and bringing his ass home. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so FedEx obviously finds him. They fly him out on a jet. They give him whatever he wants, whatever. They tell him. They're like, yo, we thought you were dead. We buried you. We put a coffin in the ground. And he goes, what the fuck? Why would you put a coffin in the ground? Like, I wasn't... What'd you put in it? Like, I was like, true. Like, what the fuck? Empty. Empty. Way to just, like, ruin the earth a little bit. Um... And, like, they're, like, by the way, like, your girlfriend is now married and, like, has a kid and, like, she doesn't want to, like, you know, she'll see you, but, like, blah, 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 like, here's the plan. And, like, they have this whole ordeal where they're, like, look who we found. It's, like, a big publicity stunt. He's, like, hi. He's, like, you fuckers. Yeah. He's, like, you guys didn't fucking find me. Um, And so he comes back to life, literally, essentially. And they bring him back to, like, to Memphis, and, like, he wants to see his, like, girlfriend, and his girlfriend's husband now comes into the room and is like, hey, like, she doesn't really want to see you, this is a lot for her, like, blah, blah, blah. Also, fuck you. Yeah, you're like, this is a lot for you? you? Like, you're, are you kidding? Yeah, bullshit. But then he sees out the window that, like, obviously, like, the boyfriend of the husband was, like, trying to, like, manipulate the situation. Right. And, um... I pr- I'm pretty sure Chuck Nolan goes to her house and like before he can even ring the doorbell, she opens the door and she's like, Oh my God. Hi. Like I saw you coming up the drive. Like, yeah. hi. And they, Oh my God. They have the, the, the most real emotional moment of like, I missed you. And she's like, I was looking for you. They told me to give up. I knew I would never give up. I knew you were alive. Oh. Like I had to move on, but I knew you were okay. Like, all this shit, and he's like, all I wanted to do was find you. Like, all I wanted to do was find you. Like, like if he, if they were like, give me a name, he'd be like, Kelly, whatever her name was. Oh. And they, like, kiss in the rain and embrace each other and, like, fucking love each other. But he's like, no, like, you have to go home. And so they bring, she, he, like, brings her back inside, and he, like, says his goodbyes, and he, like, he's talking to his friend, and he's like, for everything, like, I, everything I did, like, was to get back to her, and I still don't have her. Oh! And it's just fucking emo and like, ugh. But then, you know, the movie, you know, kind of comes to a conclusion and like, you know, he's obviously set for life. Oh, what he does is they set him up for life. Obviously, I'm pretty sure they put him in a house. They give him all this money. Like, he's good to go naturally because FedEx would obviously pay for that. (laughs) And so what he does is while he was, um, while he was deserted on the island, he kept one package that he didn't open. There was one package he didn't open, and what he did is he drove out to where the package was supposed to be delivered to, and hand-delivered it to the person, like, to the to the address. Yes. To the sender, whatever. And, you know, there's no one at the door, he leaves it there, but there was, like, something on the box that he, like, painted on his sails to, like, help him, you know, stay mentally sane, and, like, you know, just give him some sort of, like... Hope. Hope, Yeah. And then he, like, runs into somebody at the end of the stop sign, and it was her, and, like, you know, she her truck drives off, and, like, um, or no, 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 they're talking, and she's like, well, you look lost, and he's, and she's like, well, that way's west, and, you know, this way's north, and he's like, okay, yeah, it was nice to meet you, whatever, blah, 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 their conversation ends, she gets in her truck, she drives off, they're, the symbol that, like, he found on the package and, like, painted on his sail is on the back of her truck, <laughs> And she fades off into the distance, and then what he does is he just, like, looks, and he kind of pivots with the wind 
and that's how he figures out where to go because that's what Ooh. he had to do on the island oh my god i just got goosebumps yes isn't that so intense Ooh. because he, he had to use the wind to figure out how to like where to go and like where he was and which direction was where and oh my so god. he just and so when she was like oh we'll go this way or that way and he was like okay yeah but he was like bitch i already know where the fuck to go yeah, like i already I know fucking know where I the know cardinal to, directions are yeah and then you just kind of see the movie and it just kind of fades out and it's fucking good. Yes. Oh my God. I hope that was a good synopsis. No, that was good. That was great. Okay. I totally winged that. You guys know I'm not a winger, but I just wong that. <laughs> and this movie was so fucking good. I'm so glad you loved it. Bitch, the amount of times I gasped in this movie, this movie literally took my breath away. <laughs> Took my breath away. Thank God. Ugh. It was so... There was so much more of, like, a story than yeah. I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, so much more of a story. So much more of, like, this. you were, like, invested in this person. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know? Like, it wasn't just, like, a Joe Schmo plot. Like, it's not fucking Dory. Like, this is yeah. fucking Chuck Nolan. You want him to get home. You don't it's think... Tom he, it's Tom Hanks! It's Tom Hanks! It's Tom Hanks doing something unbelievable. Yeah. Which is, I think, that's just... Those are the stories that always, like, stick, oh, you know? So good. He's... I love Tom Hanks. Um, but yeah, so that's the synopsis. A little summary for you. Um, I'm gonna get into some trivia. So, this movie, as it should, was nominated for two Oscars. It was nominated for Best Actor in a Lead Role for Tom Hanks. Well-deserved. He mm-hmm. didn't win. I don't know who he lost to. But then, this is some serious tea. It was nominated for Best Sound. Ooh, best sound. I don't know if it won, but it it was nominated for best sound in a I mean, picture. I think especially for like all of those really, really raw scenes, yeah, and like realistic scenes that makes so much sense because sound plays a massive, oh. massive role in all of that. Yeah. Hello, tenant. Don't see it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I have some. I have another like sound tea fact that I'll get into in a second. Um, but it did win a Golden Globe for best performance for Tom Hanks, which I'm like well deserved. Yeah. Um, so to make Tom Hanks, to make himself look like an average out of shape middle-aged man, um, like post four years, like the total transition that you see. Right. Tom Hanks didn't exercise and allowed himself to grow pudgy as one would for, um, like this role. Uh Uh-huh. Production was halted for a year so that Tom Hanks could lose 50 pounds and grow out his hair. No way. To show that of his time spent on the deserted island. So that, his hair is real. Yeah, as opposed to just, like, gluing some shit on. Yeah, it's real. And a year? That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, that's so, that's a long time for production. Like, considering some movies are filmed in, like, four months. Like, a whole year. Absolutely insane. Um, So, like I mentioned, uh, Chuck Nolan in the movie works for FedEx. And job applications for FedEx went up by 30% after the release of this movie. No way! They said, FedEx crashed a plane, I want to work for him. That makes so much sense, though, because I remember when I saw that movie being like, oh shit, like, he's got a sick job. Yeah, like... like that's a dope job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, they didn't even pay FedEx to, like, use... The, like, uh, FedEx wasn't being paid to be used in the movie. Like it was just It was literally just, like, free advertisement. Sick. Yeah. 30%? That's a big chunk. That is... That's wild. Yeah. So, another cool fact. Some production crew members were left on the island for a few days to survive and learn some skills that could be used, like, as survival techniques for the character Chuck Noland. What? These included... That cannot be legal. <laughs> these included having trouble lighting a fire, opening a coconut, talking to a volleyball, collecting packages, and catching fish. All that shit happened to these people while they were on the island? Apparently. What? Also, this, uh, they filmed in, like, in Fiji... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To make, you know, the Pacific Islands. Uh-huh. I don't, I mean, Fiji's obviously in the Pacific. I don't yes. know how far west. I'm pretty I sure. I think it's like dead it, middle. Is it? It's fucking out there. I, I thought, do know that. I thought for sure it was like dead middle. It's pretty far. Like, it's a bitch and a half to get to Fiji. Yeah. So, um, but I was like, cool. But yeah, they, they made the crew members like fucking live out there for like three days and like figure their shit out. Cool. Or maybe they like made those, like, made them go through those tasks to see how they, someone would actually handle yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Um, so, we mentioned, obviously, Wilson, the iconic character, um, the volleyball. One of the three volleyballs that was used in the film was sold in an auction for $18,000. Wild! Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Like, that's oh, sick. That's sick. Someone has that. 
Someone fucking has Wilson. Like, a Wilson! real Wilson. Another fun fact about Wilson. Um, that part was so sad, dude. So I'm sad. just gonna say that again. But part of the reason why Tom Hanks painted him in blood was to, like, signify that he, like, came from Tom Hanks. That Tom yeah, Hanks, yeah, like, yeah. birthed him, essentially. Aww. And I was like, fuck. You just see him, like, cutting his hand and just, like, fucking fixing him up and, like, yeah. you know, fixing his weave and, like, making him, <laughs> making sure he's got his shit in place. Like, it's, it's sweet. So, back to the sound thing. So, this movie was nominated for Best Sound in a Motion Picture. So, virtually, all of the sound, including the dialogue in the scenes on the island, which is roughly an hour and a half of screen time, had to be replaced in post-production. Why? Because the, I th- what I read, I'm pretty sure, the waves were really loud. I was gonna say maybe wind, too. Wind and waves, like, were really loud, and, like, the scenes where, like, he's talking were, like, very quiet. And so no they had way. to redo it in post-production, which I'm like, fuck, if they could do this in 2000, then they sure as hell could have done that in Tenet! <laughs> That's all I could think about! Yeah, we'll literally never stop roasting that. Literally. So, yeah, they basically had to replace all of the sound in post-production, which is crazy. Which I was like... But if it needs to be done, do it. Yeah. You know? Um, so the flight number of the crashed aircraft was FedEx 88, which at the time of filming was a real flight number, and it was coming from Memphis to Penang, Malaysia. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like I was le- like... That's wild. That's a legit aircraft. Um, taking packages from where this movie, like, kind of the center of it, Memphis, to where the other half of it takes place. I was like, that's crazy. Supreme accuracy. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So, Chuck Nolan's name uh, can be abbreviated as C. Noland or C. Noland. Oh, my God! Isn't that so fitting? I just started nipping. Are you kidding? C. Noland. C. Noland. Shut the fuck up. Doesn't that just, like, blow your mind? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking intense. Wow. 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 See no land. Wow. <laughs> oh god, these people knew what they were doing. Oh my god. Um, and then my last final fun fact. So Chuck Nolan was Tom Hanks' last last Oscar nominated performance until his portrayal of Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Interesting. And he did win the Oscar for Forrest Gump, but that was like six years prior to right. this movie. Um but I was like, shit, 19 years? Yeah. No Oscars? That's pretty wild. Yeah, and I was like, well, then I, but then I was also thinking, I was like, well, what other movies has Tom Hanks been in since then that's been, like, iconic? T. I mean... I'm like, Toy Story 3, okay. I mean, I think he was in, like, some other movies, like, I don't know, what was that one, like... Oh, Captain Phillips. Oh, yeah, shit. Well, that was after this, though. For sure, though. That but, like, was still, well after but that. It's, but oh, it's, but it's before... But it's you before, before Captain Rogers. Rod- yeah. Captain Rogers. Um... Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers' yeah. neighborhood. Or yeah, whatever it is. Um, isn't that crazy? Yeah, though? that is crazy. God, Chuck, or not Chuck. Tom Hanks is always like stranded in the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Scary. But yeah, so I had a lot of fun trivia. Um, we can get into some letterbox reviews really quick and then I'll give you my full thoughts and feelings. Yeah, let's go. Um, so this first one comes from someone named Shay. And they said Wilson should have gotten the least Best Supporting Actor nominated. I'm pissed. Which is true. <laughs> true. Fucking true. Um, the next one comes from someone named J-Mart. And they they plan out just said Tom Hanks was sick. <laughs> which he was. <laughs> which he was. Um, this is a comment that kind of uh, encompasses how I feel about this movie. Or like how I feel about Tom Hanks. Comes from a girl named Sophie. And they said... I don't really know what to say other than how great Tom Hanks is in this and how truly he is one of the finest actors out there, which is kind of how I feel. Literally. I love Tom I mean, Hanks. he's so good. He's so good. Like I said, he's like the father of Hollywood. And like, I, I don't think he could play an unlovable character if he, exactly. fucking, if he fucking tried. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, but he's never going to do it. No. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's great. Um... Uh, and then this last person said, this is from someone named Nicole, and they said, don't even try and tell me with a straight face that Tom Hanks won an Oscar for Forrest Gump and not this. Don't even try. Which is true. True. Um, but yeah, those are some letterbox reviews. Um, this movie fucking rocked. It was amazing. It totally took my breath away. It was so much better than I thought it was. I'm so glad. Um, compared to Swiss Army Man, this is fucking gold. Okay. I'm just saying. We no, were, it's fine. We were on like a whole like survival mode. Yeah, thing. that is true. That is true. And, and to that's me, just, that's I, I'm into that. Apparently. Yeah. 
And to me, this was incredible. Sweet. So, so incredible and truly one of the better movies I've seen. And like Amazing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. If anybody's like, yo, have you seen it? They have, if they haven't seen Castaway, I'm going to be like, you need to fucking watch it. Like, yeah. it's fucking good. It's a classic, jam classic. So good. So yeah, I have to give it, I mean, I can't give it anything less than five out of five. Fuck yeah. Because it's a classic, it's Tom Hanks, and it was so well done. So good. Raw. Raw, intense, like... Breathtaking, beautiful, beautiful, like, sad, sad, but happy, heartwarming, <sighs> like just wow, it just makes you feel and like yeah. I did not expect that. I'm so glad. So I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm really glad you made me fucking watch it because me too. I'd be nowhere without this movie. I'd be nowhere. I'd be nowhere without you. So <laughs> I just yeah. That's what the pod's all about. Yes. So loved it. All right. Yes. Next episode. Okay. I know what I'm giving you, and you're gonna hate it, but I can't wait to talk about it. I I do. I guess there's curious. nothing I love more than ripping a ripping something to shreds. So yes. I guess I'll enjoy it too. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and you know talk talk my speak my truth for Kira. Um, so you're gonna have like a little two part moment I as it. I did with The Shining and Doctor Sleep, but your moment's True. not gonna be as big as mine was. True. Um, so next episode, I am making Kira watch after because one, <laughs> softcore porn, two, not a bad Netflix movie, three, bitch, it's Harry Styles fan fiction. I know it is. I know it's a wild Heart of Scott is no Harry Styles, but. Okay, okay. I know that this is good. This will be like a kissing booth type of situation. But it's better. It's way better. Okay. And not as long. Okay. And then the following episode, spoiler alert. I'll probably give you the second one. Great. And Dylan Sprouse is in it. Oh, okay. So a blast from the past, bitch. All right. All right. But I can't wait to talk about it with you because, yes, it's bad, but it's also kind of good. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it's good. So, yeah. So next episode, Kira has to watch after. Okay. Um. Well, next episode, I'm going to make Sarah watch Blue is the Warmest Color. And I'm very excited to make Sarah watch this. This is another movie that, again, not to keep referencing 2012 tumblr oh i don't think i talked about tumblr on did you during the podcast recording but um maybe i did i don't know but i don't remember i'm rewatching skins right now yeah you mentioned that like i said in the beginning but um i don't know what how i'm feeling right now but basically um skins was all over tumblr when i was on tumblr and so was blue is the warmest color okay um and it is a french film and it is a it's also softcore porn maybe even leaning towards not so soft. <laughs> Love that. But it is a girl on girl flick. <gasps> so I'm excited. It's it's I'm excited. It's really good. And it's all in French, right? And it's French and yes, and it's like it's it's just like it is in French and it is also very French. Not that I know anything about France, but I just <laughs> I just I don't know. It just uh, I don't know. There's something about it and like we can talk about it because I have thoughts and feelings and there's something about it that's just like really I don't know it really like hits me in my core for some reason um I don't know it's really good and um I don't know there's some interesting trivia behind it that I already know about from doing some research on my own um but yeah it's really good and I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm really excited for you to watch it. I'm excited. And yeah. I can't wait to make you watch after. Okay. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We are, again, so sorry that we were gone for so long, but we are back and in business, hopefully. Yes. Um, Check out our Instagram. It's called The Movie Night Pod. Comment. Leave us a comment. Give us a follow, a shout out. Whatever floats your boat. Yes, ma'am. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Love you.